book of Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 39. Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 39. I'm excited about uh, today's message. How many of you just got a lot going on when fall hits and it's just crazy? Let me encourage you. Don't just, don't just pencil church in. Don't just pencil it in. Don't just pencil these activities in. Like, live it. And that sounds weird, but in a, in, a, in a state of mind, in a state of being, in a life where everything is just go, 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 rush, 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 rush. If we're not careful, church becomes an event on the calendar, and that's not what it is. Church is a community. It is a fellowship. It is friendship. If I were to ask you, what does it mean to be a church? If I were just to say, hey, and walk around, I'm not going to do it. What does it mean to be a church? And everybody were to give their two cents. Would what we said match what the Bible says about it? Would it be, well, it means outreach to the community. It means preaching. It means the services, the way we, whatever it is, right? Sunday morning. It means Wednesday night. What does church mean to you? Here's what the Bible says. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's a place where we come and we say, hey bro. What's up, man? How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How was your week? Awesome. Was it good? Yeah. Boy, tell me how you like shared Jesus with somebody this week, and it went well. Well, talked about it, and spread the word, spread the love. That's cool. Did it not go well any, at any point in time? People looking at me like I have five heads. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know it? Do, I'm gonna just tell you, your haircut is legit, bro. Thanks. That was a, when did you get it? What Tuesday or something? Uh, the, yesterday. Last yesterday, week. dude, it's fresh, man. That's awesome. He does it himself. He does. You did it yourself, dude. That's awesome. I don't go to the hair color and pay a lot of money. It's just too much to do all that now. You tell Chelsea, man, it's so much money, you know, when you go to the hair cuttery. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I get it, though. But you know what? You can witness with that. You know, you can tell people, you know what? I'm super generous with what I have and give to the Lord because I'm frugal, because I try to like, you know what I mean? That's a good angle that you have there to share the gospel and, and just let people know that what's important to you is this community and him. Just, we're just chit-chatting. Strong people talk about ideas. Weak people talk about people. I'm not even in my message yet. Calm down. (laughs) But this is community. Hey, man, are you going through anything? You got anything kind of heavy on your heart or anything you want me to pray about? Not that I know. Okay. Well, let me give you like five I have. (laughs) Because I know it's a safe place. This is what the Bible says church should be. And if we're not careful, church becomes all the things the church does and not the church. Make sense? So when we reach fall time, I, I mean, I was like totally cool with it because it's like we're growing and we're growing and we're growing, but we need to grow like this, not like this. Right now we're going like this. We're in this stage. It's outreach. Everybody's hearing and coming, but when you're here, it should go like this. We deepen each other in the walk of the Lord. So don't just put church, don't try to pencil church in. If you're not able to be here on a Sunday morning, that's okay. Who are you texting? Who are you talking to? Who are you praying for and who's praying for you? I'm not sitting here being legalistic saying, you got to be here. 
Sunday morning, small group Wednesday night. I'm not saying that. Why aren't you at prayer time at 6 o'clock? I'm not beating you over the head with that. I'm saying, are you having prayer time? Are you connecting with somebody? I get it. You weren't there for 6 o'clock, but who were you there with today? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there are so many of us, you need to be connected to somebody here. And that's what we're trying to do with, with splitting up into smaller groups that's coming. Um, but don't just make it an event on a schedule. Make it a phone call, a text message, like something personal, because that's what church is. Anyway, Luke, I, this is going to be a wing-dinger of a message. I hope you all are ready. What was last week's message about? Anybody remember? Okay, make the plan, work the plan. I think I may have said that in there. What did I use as an illustration? My drone. Drone living. Seeing things from a what? A different perspective. Understanding that Jesus coming, this is the Sermon on the Mount, and we're finishing today, right? Where it's taken us three weeks to get through Jesus' sermon that he just shared on the hillside. Because it's so stinking deep, right? So this is the last message of Jesus' first sermon where the blessings and the woes. And then he talks about loving your enemy, and then he talks about being generous. So uh, prayer prepares you to do the work of God. Generosity shows God at work in our lives. And we talked about that last week. We broke it down. How many of you wrote down five people that you're an enemy of or that is an enemy of you and you prayed for them this week? How many can share? I prayed, boom, boom. I prayed for them. Awesome. You guys are doing it. How many looked at your budget and found that there's room for more generosity in your life? Anybody? You looked at your budget and found a few of you? Awesome. We all need to be looking at our finances and asking the question, how generous am I? Not just from the perspective of what the church needs because the Bible uses and has called us to do church together to reach the world, right? But the point is, generosity shows where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So uh, your generosity is, is you uh, feeling the pulse on how God is working in your life. And if, and if you're being very generous, then chances are you have a healthy prayer life. Chances are you have a healthy walk with God. And that's a good pulse, a good idea to see, uh, man, I... I I'm so good, I share Jesus, I'm this, I'm that, and I got all these things together. How much money did you give last month to the work of the Lord? Not just to the church, but to those that you were helping out. The Bible talks about almsgiving, where the other person has no clue that it was you who did it, right? Who did you bless this month? If you didn't do any of that, chances are you're not in the healthiest of places, and it could improve. So we're looking for areas, and here's, as a pastor... As an under-shepherd trying to lead you to Jesus, trying to show you Jesus, my, my goal, my plan is to find margin in your life and build on that. My goal is for, uh, Brandon, for us to talk about, uh, I, I see that you're walking with God this much. I want to build more margin. I want to pray with you more this week. I don't know what, man, I'm, it's going to be me and you the whole, you're going to be my illustrations the whole service. But, but my idea of a pastor is me building more margin into your life. When you come and talk to me about how you had a rough week because of that guy at work, I want to try to encourage you and exhort you to have more patience and more long-suffering towards that coworker. Why? Because I'm trying to build more margin into your life for that. Okay, uh, Jesus closes his message with the idea of the profile of a bad preacher. He shut it down with a charge 
for all those listening, who is the message, the Sermon on the Mount, primarily to? The disciples. So primarily to the disciples, Jesus ends his sermon, the first sermon, with an admonition to stay away from false teachers. Interesting, right? So that's where this week, this text, 39, these 10 verses, that's where we're going to see Jesus expose false teachers. And I think it makes perfect sense, right? He's investing, he's pouring his life into them, and he doesn't want to see them what? Go astray. So let's read the text. Let's read these 10 verses. I want you to open up your heart, open up your mind, and pray that God gives you something today. But this is the the title of the message, The Profile of a Bad Preacher. This is going to be telling. Half of you are going to get up halfway through the message and walk out because you're going to be like, you defining yourself. I'm of, I don't know. Uh, But no, that's not my goal today. Let's read it. Uh, Verse 39. And he spake a parable unto them. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, right? The Bible says that he spoke in parables, not just for uh, those that were listening, but to almost mask it from those that it was not for. They didn't understand the hypocrisy in the Judaizers and the Pharisees. When he spoke in a parable, the Bible says it went right over their heads because they were blind. They didn't want to see it. So that was one reason why he spoke in parables. Unto them, can the blind lead the blind? Shall... Uh, shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master. And everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceiveth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Pretty graphic illustration, right? Let me know this passage of scripture. This is a good one. We're going to have fun with it. Verse 42, either how canst they say to thy brother, brother, let me pull the moat that is in thy eye when thou thyself beholdest that the beam that is in thine own eye. In other words, me and you, bro, let me help you get that little thing out of your eye. And you got a Lego in your eye. <laughs> let me get that little, you got a little eyelash in your eye. Bro, you got a Lego lodged up in that thing. How did that happen? I just want to stop and find out how you got a Lego in your eye, bro. What do you mean? (laughs) You can't even see it. It's like, what are you trying to go around pulling eyelashes out of people's eyes when you got a Lego stuck in your eye? Does that make sense? This is what Jesus was saying. And the Pharisees were over there (laughs) with Legos all in their eyes. (laughs) And the disciples were like, whoa, they're not getting it, right? Told you it's a cool pastor. Thou hypocrite, cast out the beam that is in thine own eye. Get that Lego out of there. And then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the moat that is in thy brother's eye. 43. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Got him. Oh my goodness. Jesus was going for it. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree that is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not go gather figs. Hey, let's go over to the rose bush and get some grapes. Sound good? Yeah. No, it doesn't work that way. Okay. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For the thorns of men do not gather figs, or nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. You get the point. A good man, out of a good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is what? Evil. evil. For of the abundance of the heart... 
his mouth speaketh. Ooh, finding this verse in context. How many of you have heard someone say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh? Anybody ever heard someone say that or quote that passage of Scripture? It's funny to finally see it in context, right? Jesus was calling him out. And why call, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, check this church, and doeth him, I will show you to whom he is like. Watch it. He is like a man which built an house, digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the hurricane, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a what? What did Jesus rename Peter? Pebble, rock. Upon the cornerstone will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When the winds blow you will know. Check, check, check yourself. When the winds blow, you'll know. Look at it. Next verse, last one. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that is without a foundation, built in house upon the earth, against which stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So here's what he's addressing, church. In this passage, he's specifically addressing false teachers. He's specifically going to the heart of the matter and he's saying, let me explain something to you. I'm here bringing truth and this is going to cause a ripple effect of all kinds of people that are going to try to take advantage of the moment. All kinds of people that are going to say, let me, let, me, let me tell you what he means. Let me tell you what the Bible really says. Let me tell you how to really interpret the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Let me tell you what my uh, rabbi said about that. Got me? And so Jesus said, they're not going to be able, they're not going to understand this. This is the gospel. And the only way, I am the way. The, the, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Jesus said, unless it has me in it, it ain't it. An evil tree brings forth what? Evil fruit. All right, I'm getting way ahead of myself. You got it? We're in the context, the profile of a bad preacher. Let me read a few passages of Scripture to you. You can jot the references down, or uh, we can put it in the Facebook group, whatever. Philippians 3, 18 through 19. Listen to this. Paul says this. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Watch this. Who mind earthly things? Remember, this is like within a hundred years. This is like 40 to 50 years after Jesus had ascended Paul's circulatory letters to the churches. Paul's hitting it hard. He's saying, church, there are people out there that are enemies against the cross of Christ. They're trying to uh, do things that benefit their what? Their bellies. Whose God is their belly. In other words, all they care about is three hots and a cot. You know what I mean? That's all they care about. Am I getting fed? Is my bank account growing? That's what they care about. 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. As if Paul wasn't enough, here's what Peter weighs in on this subject. And he says, but there were false prophets also among the people. Ooh. Who they at? I'm looking. But there were false prophets. Even as there shall be false teachers among you. We're not talking like, you know, way out there. We're talking right here. 
Check, check. Who privily shall bring in the damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them. Oh my goodness. And and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Peter says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Son, why? By reason of whom the way of the truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness, uh uh-huh, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. What? I mean, it... This is going to get real. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Anybody ever felt used? Anybody ever felt mistreated? Make merchandise of you? That's what it's saying. You were just a pawn in their scheme. A pawn in their Ponzi scheme. Got them. 1 Timothy 4, 1-9. Paul weighing in again, warning a young preacher. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, That in later times, check this out, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I'm scared. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Paul said, refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Church, do you see a danger today in following the wrong teacher? Do you see it? It's there. It's real. How do we discern? How do we know whose YouTube video to watch and whose to pass on? How do we know whose podcast to tune into and whose podcast to ignore? Do you think there's a danger in being led astray? Yeah, come on now. What do you do? How do you approach it? If we break apart the last part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we'll feel, I, I feel, like he'll give us the exact ammunition we need to guard against. And to really and truly accept Jesus as your Lord, as your teacher, that will lead you into life everlasting. Because we already established, he is the way, the truth, the life, I believe you are. We're going to sing that song soon. But, but he is the way. Squirrel. go back to the text if you have your bibles go back to the text luke chapter 6 which i'm pretty excited about we had i had a a member last week come up to me and say hey what if i bought new bibles for the church to put back in the uh coffee room and in the pews uh that have the church's logo on them for when visitors and people come that don't have their bibles they can open them i said go for it do it uh so i think we'll have some new bibles soon that our Bethlehem branded, come on, uh, because the Bethlehem brand means that they're Jesus branded. So let's break this down. Go to verse 39, Luke 6, verse 39. I got to go there first. That's not it. Verse, yeah, it is, 39. <laughs> Can the blind lead the blind? They shall not both fall into the ditch. The disciple, verse 40, is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. So we have to put ourselves in the context of the story. We have to think about what is Jesus saying? What does he mean in context of this story? Matthew, uh, Matthew inexplicably during this message ends with straight is the way, narrow is the way, broad is the way that leadeth unto what? Destruction, death. That's the same passage that we're talking about here. So Jesus is addressing from the context by saying, let me explain to you how to not be led astray. Number one, here they are. The profile of a bad preacher. 
The first thing here in the text is a parable of the blind leading the blind. Here's my take on it, right? Number one, perspective is narrow. I thought you just said, Pastor, that the narrow is the way. And broad is the way that leads into destruction. Yes. But think about who Jesus is addressing. He's addressing the false what? Teacher. And he says, the blind leads the blind. And if the blind is leading the blind, aren't they both going to fall into the... Come on. We're both blind. All right. Close your eyes. <laughs> Go ahead, you can sit down. If we're both blind, we cannot see and we're holding on to each other, what's going to stop us from hitting the pew? Nothing. We're going to fall right into it. Why? Because neither of us see it. When it comes to false teachers, false preachers, I think that's the context. Here it is. Can the blind lead the blind and they not both fall into the ditch? Their way, watch this, is the right way. The first sign that you're following a false teacher, their way is the right way. Here's the trouble for you. The devil is so good at making things so close to the truth, right? That we don't know what's truth and what's false. So Jesus steps back and he says, to me, this is 110% obvious. You're both falling into ditches. How many of you think that that's super obvious? They don't know where they're going. They're both what? Blind. To Jesus, it's obvious. Why is it not obvious to us? We just get right, we yoke ourselves right up with them. And here we go into the ditch. Here's why. The first sign that you're listening to a false teacher, it's their way. What's Bethlehem's slogan? Simply who? Jesus. The day I stand up here and say, let me tell you, let me tell you how to get there. Let me tell you how to achieve. I know that the series on Netflix is not the greatest thing, but it's like the wild something, the wild country or something. Huh? Yeah. I mean, it's got some rough stuff in there. But it's about a cult. Big cult. Big crazy following that came from India, bought acres and acres of land in Oregon, and landed there. And Bakwan, the leader, had the enlightened way. Had the enlightened path. He showed them the way. He said, let me explain how to get to this place where what? I am. And these people would literally kill for him. These people literally, people were getting locked up because they were trying to influence the governments around them through strong-arming them, which is completely wrong. The blind leading the what? The blind. He did not know Jesus. What is so central to our message? Jesus is what? The way, the truth, the life. How do you know that this isn't a cult when people say, that's a cult, yo? Because it's not my way. It's his way. The moment I say, <laughs> let me show you how to get there, son. It's not me. It's my job. Watch this. Here's the difference. Jesus called us to make disciples. What does that mean? Let me introduce someone to you who will change your inside. And he will live from the inside out. The difference is, is, The blind leading the blind, I'm trying to lead from the outside what? In. Let me show you, son. (laughs) 
Do I get gone? Because because my way is the what? Right way. I'm forcing from the outside in. True repentance comes from the inside out. How do you know if it's not a cult? Am I introducing you to my Savior who is leading me? Paul said in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. As long as I'm preaching the cross, as long as I'm lifting up, as long as I'm lifting up Jesus and saying, let me tell you about a man who died 2,000 years ago, who changed my life, who leads me every day, who gave me his Holy Ghost, and every day, every step I take, I don't even know where I'm going to go. He just shows me, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The cults say, let me explain to you how to achieve what I achieved. Whoa, 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 whoa. Brainwashing. Brainwashing. You're right. You may be seated. I like this. This is good. Watch this. The perspective is narrow. That's so close to narrow is the way. What Jesus meant is, I'm the only way. What they're going to say is, my way is what? Right. That's the difference. Understand? Blind leading the blind. Number two, look at verse 40. The disciple is not above his who? What am I saying here? Watch this. Number two, the product is superficial. How do you know that it's not right? The product is superficial. Watch this. The teacher and the pupil are the same. The teacher and the pupil are the same. Ultimately, If someone's leading you to an enlightened path that they're on, they're leading you to become like them. What's so different between that from the first step? You can identify them by their product. Who is following them? What is the end of their doctrine? What is the point of what they are doing? Watch this. They make clones of themselves, not individual life change. So we first have to see that their perspective is their own perspective, and their product is them. One leads to two. Jesus said, can the blind lead the blind? How is the disciple any different from his master in that situation? See what Jesus is saying? He says, here it is, it's not a principle. Oh, I love this. Tweet this. Put it all over. Just kidding. It's not a principle. It's a product. How do you know it's a cult? It's not a principle, it's a product. Say it with me. It's not a principle, it's a product. When I resolve to saying, man, you're in such a good place. You showed up with a shirt and tie today. (laughs) It's not a principle, it's a what? Product. I saw you worshiping, you were in it. You were so in it. But you're living in sin. You were... On Sunday and beating your wife on Monday. It's a principle, not a product. How do I know that we're blurring the lines on a false teacher? Because they're satisfied with the way you look. Why? Because they're teaching from the outside in. That's another why. That's another layer to go down deeper and look at something and say, do I want to be a part of that? Is their product Christ-like, which is a principle? Or is their product something more that is a superficial them? I don't want a bunch of little mats running around. You know what I'm saying? 
that's why when we planted Bethlehem, I chose to not brand it a certain way. Okay, see? I chose to not brand it a certain way. I chose to not, I mean, I dress a certain way, my personal style, but that's how I dress on Sunday, that's how I dress on Monday and Tuesday, and I literally, I have like five pairs of the same exact khaki pant. Everybody got that? I am Jake from State Farm, but they're just different colors. That's just what I wear. I wear the same weird button-down shirts, the same Under Armour polos every day. That's just what I like. Y'all cool with that? Okay, thanks. I didn't ask. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I want to be, watch, I want to be an individual in the family of God because I'm finding my identity in Him, not who I am. Some of you have still not gotten there mentally where we're bridging the gap to our identity being found in Jesus and not in our clothes, not in our personality. I'm a sinner just like you're a what? The only way that problem, the greatest problem, our condition is addressed is by Jesus. I can't address your condition by making you look a certain way on the outside. I'm, I can't, and let's take the gratitude talk last week. I can't, I can't allow you to feel good about yourself because you give 10% to the church. I can't allow that. As a leader, I'm not okay with it. You, so many people I've seen through the years, they give their tithes and offerings, and the pastor is, <laughs> great job, I'm doing great at discipleship. You know more had a conversation with Jesus this week than the man in the moon. It's not about making little clones. It's about this, the principle. The principle of the matter, not the product. Number, number three, that's what Jesus is saying. Problems are not shown. Pro- I'm sorry. Problems are shown, but never owned. Moat versus beam. They are never at fault, but can sure find the fault. Remember the Lego? Y'all can't see the Lego because of this pimple I have right there. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd make you laugh. Everybody's like, concealer, you women. Conceal, conceal. I just want to show it. Check that puppy out. That took time, son. That's pizza and Doritos at midnight. Come out. <laughs> I birthed that thing. I'm proud of it. Uh, that's the youth pastor in me. <laughs> understand what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, I forget what I'm trying to say. No, look, look at it. Moat and beam, Lego. The Lego in my eye and the eyelash in yours. What, what is the problem? They can always call out wrongdoing, but they never accept responsibility for their own. That's a cult. The man of God worship the ground that they walk on because they're perfect. No. I respect the office because that's what Jesus, that's how he built this thing, right? Under shepherd, right? I'm a leader in this arena. But just because I'm a leader, that's who I am in Jesus. That's something that he gave me, not something that I am doing. Not something that I am bringing to the table. My giftings were from him, not from me. So therefore, when I have a problem, when I am at fault, I'm first to say, ha I got a problem, Confess your faults one toward another. I'm not above that. I don't need to hide my feet of clay. I need to be real. P. 
People want a leader who is real, not a leader who is always right. Bottom line. You, whether you agree with it or not, you would much prefer me to stand up and be real with you than to say, I'm always right. Why do I know that? Because Jesus said, if you're the type of leader that's always pointing out what's in somebody else's, you're missing what's in your own. That cult-like mentality, and I came from some of this, just to be honest, just to be real with you. Even in a Baptist church where people think like bedrock, conservative, you know, salt of the earth, these people are balanced. No. No. The pastor never shared where he had a problem, where he had an issue. Never. How do you know when you need to like pack up and run and find another church if I can do no wrong? If I can do no wrong, son, there's some sin in the camp. What is it? Right. Church, let me just go ahead and tell you, I ain't perfect. I make mistakes. My wife beats me every night for it. Problems, listen church, problems are shown, but never owned. Hey, can we just be real with each other? Can we just be real? Can you stop acting like you're better than every, everybody else? That's, this isn't that. This is a haven. This is a hospital for the broken. This isn't a sanctuary for the saints. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Sit on that. Listen, church. Meditate on that for a minute. See my new dress? I I came from that culture. There's a reason why I'm telling you this is how I dress throughout the week. I'm trying to not be something that I'm not. That makes sense? You know what I mean. Hope you're tracking with me. Number three, problems are shown but never owned. Number four, this is it. Personal life does not match the projected life. Rant row. That's the tree part. An evil tree brings forth what? Evil fruit. It's so easy when the problems are always shown but never owned. Why? What's happening? I'm trying to tell you. If I've seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times. They are doing other things. That's what Jesus is saying. If you're an evil tree, you're going to bring forth evil fruit. And I'm not saying, like, like me and my wife and I, we've been, thank you for coming in, babe. I appreciate you supporting my, my preaching ministry here, you know. We've been working through our own stuff. You know, we got cra- crazy lives, crazy schedules. We're trying to, like, build community here, and we're trying to, like, get you guys in. Dude, I want you to get to meet this person. Come on, Rob. Rob, come on. I want you to meet this guy, Brandon. He's a really cool guy, and you guys just look like brothers. You know what I mean? I I put it together. God bless But I'm just trying to introduce you. You can go back to your seat. Thank you. (laughs) But we're just trying to build a community here, and in the middle of that, we still got to get along. And I'm just trying to be straight with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the easiest person to get along with. It's true. What good does it do for me to stand up here and say, I'm a pretty gorgeous tree, and I only produce pretty gorgeous fruit. I'm a sinner just like you're a sinner, and I need the blood of Jesus every day 
to bring forth spiritual fruit in my life. This ain't nothing I'm doing. This is what he is doing. That's not a cult, church. That's being Christ-like. Here's another way. When Jesus says, love your enemies, give generously to those that cannot give back to you. Those are signs that it's not all about what? You. It's all about Him and what He is doing. Because if it were up to us, we would be selfish. If it was up to us, we would be self-centered. So how are we trying to birth religions? How are we trying to build a church on one another when we have the precious cornerstone Sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. We believe you're all to us. That's not cult-like. Do you see the difference? Let the glory of your name, do you know it? Be the passion of the church and let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe You're all to us. What about this one? Uh, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. What is it? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I've watched one ministry after another ministry after another ministry crumble because they were built on a man. Dealing with my own personal resentments from that. That's not going to happen here if we keep Jesus the cornerstone. When I disciple, I'm not trying to make Mr. Cook, I'm not trying to make Mr. Dave, just kidding. I'm not trying to make Dave, he hates when I call him Mr. Dave. I'm not trying to make Dave, Matt, I'm trying to introduce Dave to Jesus. Jesus is the light, the way. Romans 2, 19-20. Church, listen. And art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light to them who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of truth in the law. It's all about Jesus. It's not my way. Jesus is the only one that can light your path. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation. Listen to this. Y'all need to claim this verse right here. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm going to ask you this question today. This is how Jesus summed up the Sermon on the Mount. Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior, as your Teacher, as your Lord? Have you put Him in that place 
in your life? Or are you still hanging on to something else? Have you followed a teacher in the past, but he was no better than his disciple? My master, you are the only king forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. Do you get what I'm saying? Simply Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. He said at the end of his message, if your house is built on sand, it crumbles when the waters come and the winds blow. Let me ask you, church, you know when the winds blow. Think back to someone that you looked up to in the ministry, in church, that is no longer doing it. The wise man built his house upon the rock. They didn't build on the cornerstone. I I don't want it ever to be said that I didn't give you an opportunity to put your faith and trust to build your life on the foundation of Jesus. No one's looking around. Let me ask you this question. At the end of Jesus' sermon, when he admonishes for you to build on that foundation, how many of you say, I have never put my faith and trust. I have never begun my spiritual life with Jesus. I want to put my faith and trust, Pastor Matt, not in you, not in this church, but in Jesus. And I've never done that before. Can you pray for me? Here's my hand. I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus, but I want to, Pastor Matt. Nobody's looking. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus, and I want to. Just raise your hand. I'll pray for you. According to your testimony, we're all saved. We've all put our faith and trust in Jesus. So let's build. Let's do. Let's grow this church with its roots deep into Him. Let's say, Jesus... Help me this week to live the way you want me to live. Live through me. Help my fruits to be the fruits of your tree, your spirit, your life. You're the way. I believe you are. How many of you say, that's that's my heart right now. I want to grow in Jesus. Here's my hand. Come on. Yeah, buddy. I want to grow in Him. Bring forth fruit in my life, Jesus. If that's your heart, just raise your hand to Him. Tell Him this morning. Yeah. Even the little ones understand. Let's just say a prayer right there in your seat. We're not in a hurry. Are you following Him? Just pray right there. If you want to come down and use the altar, you can. If you want to come down here and pray. If you want to pray with one of us, Pastor Ray would love to pray with you. Cody's back. He'll pray with you. Brandon will pray with you. I'll pray with you. Use this time in your seat or at the altar to get it straight. cornerstone in there, Jose? Sing this to him. Sing this to him this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust
Sweetest rain, but holy trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of Lord. Amen. Thank you for singing that with. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We cherish your son. We lift him up. Father, I, I pray that you would just continue to guide us. It's so easy to get off path when we focus on ourselves. But Father, we're truly focused on Jesus. The Word is He. It is Jesus. John said it to us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We are are truly needing to get to know and to hear from Him. We ask that You would just keep the, the, the Spirit moving in our hearts, moving in our lives, instructing us and teaching us in that way. Help us, Father, to not get off course. Help us to stay straight on that path showing Jesus. Making disciples. Father, help us to look around what you've brought us. Help us to be good stewards with one another and to help and to share and to bear burdens. We love you and we trust you. In your son's name, amen.